This is the Power Power Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. verses of Genesis chapter 15. So let's pray. I forgot to pray yesterday, but as I was re-watching it, uh, making the video, I was praying because I'm like, they're going off the rails. So I prayed. Anyway, Lord, I pray that you would guide us through um, the life of Abraham and teach us what you would have to teach us. I ask for this grace and this mercy that we are and I come before you as one that does not deserve um, you speaking into my life and and hedging me about and reiterating your promises like you did with Abraham and deepening the relationship. Uh, we thank you that this is ultimately what it's all about. The relationship with you, not what we will get from you. Um, this is how you were guiding Abraham and this is how you guide us today. I ask that you would um, speak today in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as I was reflecting, I think I was doing more reading. Um, uh, why am I putting this on? I was doing more reading um, in my Bible in the year, and I was thinking about um, Abraham's conundrum and this thing that was just not just out of his grasp and there's a frustrating element of all this that um, at least I found in my life um, the idea that and we doubt that it's worth it you know the uh, the the thing that God is bringing us to um, this has been huge in in my walk and perspective um, and the things that God um, had promised me um, the pain that was about to take place the pain that I walked through for a very long time uh, at times it just seemed like this a this can't be right and is it even worth it at the end um, and I and I wrestled with the Lord over this. I was probably content um, to. I wasn't. I wasn't content with a life that is meaningless. Um, so that wasn't true. But how many times I begged God for something else, something else meaningful, just not that. Honestly. If God promises you something, it's going to be bigger than what you can handle for a reason. It's not so, we don't walk and we don't lean into faith and we don't take the next step steps because of what God is going to do. We walk and we take the next steps and we believe God because we're falling in love with him. I'm trying to turn off my phone because I need it to be quiet and not send me messages in the middle of a podcast. 
Usually I wants me to go to the settings, blah, blah, blah. Hey, stop it. Off. Here we go. Um, and we might find that we are in this desert period for a really long time because we have valued that thing. And Abraham is going to te be tested on this. Um, in the future with Isaac specifically after he gets his son spoiler alert after he receives his son he is tested on this who he loves who he honors who who this is about who who is the star of his show and God asked Abraham to offer Isaac on the altar and Abraham passed the test, but this, there, there is no way he would have passed that test there had not God taken him through these experiences, through these hard things, where he is just open before God about what he feels about the struggle, what, where he is, he is most concerned right now, hear the words, what will you give me? He is most concerned right now about what he's going to receive. What is what is he going to get from the Lord? This is this is consuming him. And the Lord gently draws him to a bigger perspective by what we talked about this yesterday by not giving him details. A lot of times the lack of details is because God wants you to focus on him. Not on the stuff. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This is verse 4, saying, This man will not be your heir, but the one who will come forth from your own body, he shall be your heir. Verse 5, And he took him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Then he believed in the Lord. And he reckoned to him, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess it. This is a familiar phrase that will be repeated. This if we think Israel, the children of Israel, were the first to go through their trial, first to go through the desert, first to have their, their um, bouts with anxiety, bouts with doubt, bouts with unbelief. If we think they were the first to do this, we've got it all wrong. Abraham was their patriarch. Abraham was the first to go through this journey. And it might be you who's going through this journey to this promised land. Which is honestly just living for God where you are right now. That is your responsibility. Not what God is going to bring. Not blessings that he's going to bestow. Not how it's going to all come about. Not the timeline so that you can put it on your calendar. 
None of that is our business. And when we think about what was what the children of Israel were responsible to do, they failed on every point. Believe God, follow faithfully, night and day. Believe God, follow faithfully, night and day. What did he do? Pillar of smoke during the day? No. A light or something at night, pillar of smoke during the day, something, something, something. Night and day, believe in God. Night and day, believer, and keep your eyes on him faithfully. That is your responsibility. Remember how Abraham kept it simple. His priorities were simple. If you're looking for this big thing God has for you to do, look no further than inside the frame of your four walls. This is where you are responsible to be faithful. God brought the children of Israel, God brought Abraham out of Ur, to a place that was unfamiliar. To a place of struggle, to a place of challenge, to a place of difficulty, fill in the blank. Only you are walking in the shoes that you are walking in. Same with me. You are not walking alone, but let's just leave off this idea that we, are all, that we all know each other's business. Because that's just not true. I do not know how God is working specifically in your life. I am not going to pretend to know. I don't know where you're at with the Lord. I don't know where you'll be with the Lord. I don't know the blessings that God has for you. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. What we need to stop doing is comparing ourselves to each other and becoming unwise by doing so. What we need to do is do that faithful thing within our frame, being called from a place where we didn't belong. Hopefully you've realized by now that this world is not who you belong to. You can't go after what they're going after. You can't value anymore what they value. You can't live life like how they live life. You have been called from darkness to light. Hopefully, as believers, we've gotten that figured out. Those lines are really blurry right now. I mean, people falling off left, right, and center. Another one... Bites the dust. But that's not you. Especially if you're listening right now. That's not you. So what you need to focus on is your frame of reference. Not what might be over there. Not what the land is over there. Not what those blessings are going to look like. What? Not what... what um, you think you're entitled to. But the faithfulness you showed to God day and night. In the context of your frame. Keep it simple, stupid. What's that word? Kiss 
Keep it simple, stupid. That's not very nice, but that's the acronym. Keep it simple. And I have to guess, well, well, maybe God wants me to start a construction company. I know nothing about construction. Probably not. Probably not. I have to make up stuff. What I'm called to do for the Lord, I will already have an inkling of an idea about through realizing my gifting, through realizing my passion, biblical, spirit-filled passion, the concerns that deeply affect my heart and my mind. And, listen for this last one, that thing that can help, that thing in my life, that struggle, that trauma, that can help others. So Abraham, he's taken out to this place. And he is overwhelmed at that moment of the insignificance of himself. Why? Why do I say this? Because this is phraseology that God uses when he's talking to Job at the end of uh, the book. I don't know if any of you are aware of what happens in the book of Job, but Job gets it. Job suffers more than I've ever even heard about. And Job is then attacked by all of his friends. And we find just a shell of a man holding on with his last bit of strength on the verge of hopeless to God. And God comes in out of a cloud and he asks him, can you do, can't, let's, let's read this a little bit. Where am I? Well, it was after the book of Esther, I know that. So, we're at the end of Job. And just the last three chapters or so, God enters into the scene. And with every word, with every question, with every motion and movement for us to de what's the word not deconstruct but to switch our angle of focus of course job is turned in and but with every last word that that God speaks into the situation. 
he lifts Job's focus off of himself and onto the Lord. And apparently, with the same kind of phraseology, he does this to Abraham. I'll just read a couple. Do you know the time the mountain goats give birth? Do you observe? This is chapter 30, 39 of Job. Do you observe the calving of the deer? Can you count the months they fulfill? Or do you know the time they give birth? They kneel down, they bring forth their young, and they get rid of their labor pains. Their offspring become strong. They grow up in the open field. They leave and do not return to them. Who sent out the wild donkey? Who set? Who sent out the wild donkey free? And who loosed the bound the bonds of the swift donkey? To whom I gave the wilderness for a home and salt land for his dwelling place? He scorns the tumult of the city, the shoutings of the driver. He does not hear. He explores the mountains of the pasture. He searches after every green thing. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? Or will he spend the night at, at your manger? Can you bind the wild ox in a furrow with ropes? Or will he harrow the valleys after you? Will you trust him because his strength is great and leave your labor to him? Will you have faith? In him that he will return your grain and gather it from your threshing floor. The ostrich's wings flapped joyously with the pinion and the plumage of love. For she abandons her eggs to the earth and warms them in the dust. And she forgets that a foot may crush them or the wild beast may trample them. She treats her young cruelly as if they, they were not hers. Though her labor be in vain, she is unconcerned. Because God has made her forget wisdom and has not given her a share of understanding. When she lifts herself on high, she laughs at the horse and his rider. Do you give the horse his might? Do you clothe his neck with, with a mane? Do you make him leap with the locusts? His majestic snorting is terrible. He paused and he's just giving this description, description, description of all that he has done in the world and every single detail that he is aware of as if to say to Job, I got your number. I've got your number. I've got you and I've got your number. I understand and I understand what's to come. Do I know what's going on? Oh, I know more of what's going on than you will ever know. And for us to take our trauma, for us to take our difficulties and, and to realize that yes, we may know a lot about what we're going through. And yes, we may have felt all the pangs that went along with it. But do we know? No. And I think most of us would confess and understand that we, if anything, are highly confused when we go through difficulty. But does God know? Does God know what is going on with us? When he says, I know the plans I have for you, the plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to do you good and not evil. Do you think he knows? Like all the details of all the animals and all the book of the, and all the, the chapters of the book of Job. Do you think he knows? The back and the front. 
The author. He is the all the credits in the back of the book, all the end notes. Do you think he knows? And that is what we wrestle with. Abraham, does God know that I don't have a kid yet? Friend, does God know that I'm going through this? Does God know that this doesn't make sense, Job? God knows. God knows more about every detail in your life. I caught just a glimpse. He was telling me that something was coming soon. And I caught just a glimpse of a... I didn't see him. That's what I'm trying to say. But a face pointed in the as if pointed in a work yet to be done. Did your, Do you know that your God is working behind the scenes to tie up all the ends to erect what that, that which was broken down to mend that which needs healing to affect and turn the gaze of those that are looking on your problem because he knows that when he moves and when it all changes and in an instant it can, he wants the right people looking. He's working. He's working right now. Lest you think he's asleep. He doesn't care. He's far away. He is active in every moment, in every detail, in every pain, in all of your efforts to avoid it. Trust him. So he takes him outside. Now look toward the heavens. Count the stars. Yeah, right. If God's asking Abraham to count the stars, God already knows the number of the stars. If God is asking you to walk through something difficult, God already knows how it's going to end. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.